We say good morning to our buddy Joel Klatt, lead college football analyst at uh, Fox Sports. He joins us, presented by Audi Flatirons. Good morning, Joel. Do we have a birthday today? Uh, yeah, yeah. Happy but, birthday, well, sir. Thank you, my friend. Like I, I quit celebrating my birthdays because, Joel, what are you going to do? This is the 25th anniversary of Super Bowl Thirty Two, in which I played, and I won Super Bowl Thirty Two on my 32nd birthday. So when you win the Super Bowl that corresponds with the number Super Bowl and your birthday on the same time, like a- after that, you just kind of, you just kind of put, yeah, you're done. you, you bury it. birthdays. That's it. It. Who no, cares? There's nothing you, people are like, what do you want to do on your birthday? You're like, nothing. I'm going to, I'm going to put in, uh, I'm going to put in the old tape and, and watch Super Bowl 32. Yeah. And watch, watch the old man do the helicopter at the five yard line. Right. Still gives me chills to this day. Oh my gosh. Oh. That's right. Joel, that's how I single-handedly won the Super Bowl. You realize that if I don't miss my block, Elway's not forced right. out of the park. He doesn't. He that's throws right. an incompletion. We kick a field goal. We lose by four. So, like you know, you're welcome. Is what I, I yeah. like to say. Mark, you've oh, man. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. I'm proud of you. I graduated. That's 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 the that's the type of attitude that that we all deserve mm-hmm. and we all love. And you know what, I. I don't know why there's not like a larger either statue or mural of the Miss Block. Yes, right. <laughs> yeah, right. right. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, I got you. That, that's a great call, mm-hmm. Joel. Uh, have you been following? I'm sure you have the wonderful, beautiful chaos that is the Broncos oh, head coaching search. <laughs> well, it's it's certainly hasn't uh, lacked for interest. Um, although I got to tell you, I. I Having been through this, gosh, it seems like every year we're in the same boat now as Bronco fans. And I will tell you that, that this one feels, I don't know what the word is. Is thorough the right word? Um, whereas some of the others have, have felt hasty and, and like the, the goal was to be done with the search or be first rather than be good or great. And, 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 and in my estimation, like, you know, you should always never evaluate these things until they come to a conclusion. But it does seem like this has been pretty thorough. And I guess it's it's a lot better than running out there in the course of four days and getting a guy that didn't even call his own plays but was an offensive coordinator. And, you know, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I, I'm trying to be optimistic. But, yeah, this has been certainly interesting. One of the top candidates here, at least that's being reported, is David Shaw from Stanford, mm-hmm. who stepped away from Stanford. And I don't know how many Stanford games you've done. I mean, you, you're usually in, in you know, the, the rust belt of the country calling games for college football. But um, what do you know about David Shaw? And what can you kind of what kind of information can you lend us towards him if he is, in fact, the number one choice? So I know I know him well. I've worked uh, draft with him, covered him pretty extensively. Uh, in, in particular, before we kind of got into the the Big Ten a few years ago, mm-hmm. um, I think David is incredibly bright, and and he is a guy that has had his opportunities to go to the National Football League, um, gosh, several times prior, and and turned them all down, and and the reason being is that he had a really good thing going at Stanford. Um, one, it wasn't necessarily the highest pressure job in the country. Uh, number two, the quality of player and, and person that he was working with, he really appreciated. Um, and then also the stage of life he was at with his family. 
uh, kept him at Stanford for probably longer than than what he would have been, um, all things being considered. He loved the fact that he lived close enough where his girls, his daughters could get on their bike and ride down to the football facility. Felt like it was a really safe environment. And, and, and just everything about the way his life was going led him to stay at Stanford. So the fact that he hadn't made this move yet doesn't mean that there wasn't interest. Almost every single year under the current, um, there was interest in David Shaw going to the National Football League. Now, I would say college football kind of pushed him uh, to the point where he wants to go to the National Football League because Stanford is not going to play in the new modern game of college football. They they just aren't. They're going to be passed by. They're not going to be very, very competitive moving forward. And in large part due to the fact that their their school, their program, is is basically saying, like, we understand what's going on out there as far as transfers and NIL, and we're just not going to play. It's going to be too difficult for us to play in that role, um, in particular with transfers. We don't want to get in, involved in, in everything else that's going on. The support at Stanford, while immense from a financial standpoint, isn't necessarily there from a fervency or a, a fan base standpoint. And so at this point, he, he wants to move on. All of this to just give you some background as, as to, to say why is he available now and hasn't been available prior. Well, it's been his decision, and it hasn't been lack of interest from the National Football League. He's a, a very bright coach. Everybody that's played for him has has enjoyed playing for him and, and I think, you know, in a lot of ways gotten better. I, I would be concerned at their lack of success over the last couple of years. You know, it, it was a bit of a, a downturn. He took a program that had a very clear identity. They used to coin it intellectual brutality with the extra tight ends and the and the solid running game. And he turned them into a finesse team. Um, I, maybe it was by necessity and, and the fact that it's very difficult to continue to recruit the level of linemen that you need to be dominant at the line of scrimmage in college football. Uh, but that would be a concern of mine. 14 and 28 his last four years at Stanford. Visiting with uh, Joel Clapp, presented by Audi Flatirons. Joel, is Jim Harbaugh to the NFL completely a, a closed subject in, in your mind? Or the fact that, hey, no deal has been announced or anything like that, is the door still open or a crack? I, I don't think it is. Um and, and listen, I've been consistent on that, right? Ever since the, the start of this, when everyone, you know, said like, well, if he gets an offer, he's going. I was always skeptical about this. Um, I don't think that he's going to go to the National Football League. I still don't. And, and in particular, by the way, it becomes even harder now with all the different comments that have been made. You know, um, I think what you're seeing right now in terms of a lack of, of, extension at Michigan has to, it is reflective of, you know, the ridiculous <laughs> NCAA giving them notice of, of violation, which is comical, by the way. Um, they apparently had, you know, impermissible contact with a recruit during the COVID dead period. A recruit showed up unannounced. They gave him a hamburger and that's apparently, you know, egregious in the NCAA's mind. They also have apparently an analyst that was on the field coaching when he shouldn't have been uh, coaching. It's all very comical that we live in a situation and in, in a time where 
in one regard, down at Florida, they're they're losing a recruit, a four-star quarterback named Jaden Rashada, and and they're losing him because their collective apparently promised him a thirteen million dollar NIL package that they couldn't fund, that they couldn't pay, so they had to renege on the contract, offered it to him as as an inducement to sign with them and flip huh. from Miami to Florida. Then they said, like, oh, man, tell him we ain't got it, bro. And he was like, um, excuse me. So now he wants out of his in L.I., letter of intent. And the NCAA doesn't have anything to say about that, right? <laughs> like, oh, this sounds fine to me. You know, we 17-year-old got offered $13 million, made a life-changing decision, and now, you know, apparently was totally fraudulent. But a recruit shows up unannounced in Ann Arbor, gets a hamburger, and an analyst is on field doing individual workouts with players, and it's like, that's a level two infraction. <laughs> what, are we, what are we doing? I, know. I think, again, the, the fact that he doesn't have an extension at Michigan has more to do with that process taking place than some door cracked open for the National Football League. Based on the comments he's made specifically, I just think that that, that is a, a non-starter at this point. Joel Klatt, I want you to listen to something that uh, Joel Klatt said. I fully expect in year two under Deion Sanders at Colorado that they are competing as a top two or three program in the conference, which means they're competing for the conference crown, which means they're competing for a chance to go to the college football playoff. I think it can go that quick. Love it. What do they have to do this year to kind of get to a certain platform where they can make that jump in year two? Where, where do they have to be this year? Well, I, I think getting to that five or six, I would, I would really prefer six win total. Um, I think that that would be huge. It's a conference that's not going to be easy, easy to navigate. But getting to that six win and getting a bowl game gets you extra practices, which gets you further development. And let me give some background about like how I, I landed on that. It, it, it really was a process to me. It's not just like, oh, man, I think they're going to the playoff. We're going to compete for the playoff in 2024. It's really a process that led me to that standpoint. They're going to have over 40 new players uh, this year. Okay, based on the portal and high school recruiting. Now, the level of player that, that that represents is much higher than what has been there prior. In fact, when you look at the combined recruiting ranking, they're 19th in the country right now, the third-ranked or fourth-ranked transfer class in the country. They've now got a top-30 high school class. They just got the number-one corner in the country, Cormani McLean, to flip from Miami to uh, come and play for Dion means that they're probably going to have the best cornerback duo in the country playing in Boulder and Travis Hunter and Cormani McLean next season in a conference in which is loaded with quarterbacks. So you're going to have to be good on the outside. Now, it's not about where they get to this year, Mike, as much as it is just the math of roster turnover. If you're going to have 40 new players this year, you're probably going to have upwards of, let's just call it, 30, 35, probably 40 again next year through transfer portal and attrition, which means that you're going to turn your roster over to the tune of between 65 and 80 new players from when you look at right before Dion was hired until the, the basically opening weekend of 2024. That's the same year that USC and UCLA leave the big uh, Pac-12 to go to the Big Ten, which means you're left with a 10-team conference. 
the way that they're recruiting right now and the players that they're bringing in are on the level of the top teams in the conference. They're third in the conference right now in terms of a combined recruiting ranking. Once USC leaves, they would be recruiting on par with Oregon. So you're telling me that you're on par talent-wise with Oregon at the top of the conference, and you're going to turn over 80 players at that top level, which means you're a top two, three roster in the conference, which means you should compete for the conference crown and the new makeup of the 10-team conference and the whatever they're going to call it, Pac-10, Pac-12, which means that you should compete for the conference title. Well, at that point, in an expanded college football playoff year where it goes from 4 to 12 and we're guaranteeing spots for the six best champions throughout America, guess what? If you're competing for a conference title, which they should based on math, then you're competing for a chance to go to the college football playoff. So so my statement wasn't necessarily born out of how fast they're going to develop on the field, although I do think that that'll be quick. It's what they're doing from a roster compilation standpoint and how quickly that's going to change over to be a top roster in their conference by 2024. I got to believe that that is that the first time we've ever played Joel Klatt sound for Joel Klatt to respond to? Yes. <laughs> like, like I'm blown away right now. I don't. I have nothing left. left wait, to wait, say. I, don't, I don't even know if we've ever done that with you. Play some sound. Well, we, we, we should start. Yeah, Mark, we should, I, I, I think we start. have done Mark Schlereth listening to Mark Schlereth. I could listen to Joel Klatt talk about Joel Klatt all day long. <laughs> I think, oh my I think it's wonderful. Somebody so could, is so could Joel I twenty five throwing up. <laughs> Joel, thank you thank very you, much. Joel. Appreciate it. You guys are the best. Happy birthday! Not thank as you, good as Super Bowl thirty two no. or your thirty second birthday, right. but nonetheless, special day. Thank you, buddy. There he goes, Joel Clack, lead college football analyst at uh, Fox Sports. He is presented by Audi Flatirons. 